Garbage Film, the podcast where we link trashy movies and arty films, and we're here to say they are not too different. You can have just as much fun watching both, and to prove it, we'll take our week's arty movie and pair it with something relatively trashy. Uh, I remain one of your hosts, Nick, and with me, as always, is my partner and co-host, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Nick. Say hi to the nice people. Hi to the nice people only. Yeah, if you're not a nice person, you're going to get out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, does that qualify me as a nice person? Probably not. No, no, it's fine. Yeah. All right. It's my podcast. Fuck you. (laughs) I'm making a note to mark this one explicit. (laughs) Uh, Don't listen to it with your parents, kids. It has to be explicit anyway, because we're doing some morally ambiguous movie. It's bad for your soul. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna corrupt you with more Noir-vember movie. Mm -mm. Uh, and this week we are covering venerated classic 1950s Sunset Boulevard. Venerated and classic as hell. Yes. Goodbye, Norman. No one ever leaves this time. As somebody who has not really ever been to the States meaningfully, I didn't know that this was just literally a street. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was like, oh, what a what a good like metaphor for yeah. driving down the Sunset Boulevard. No, that's like that's a street rude. name. <laughs> you can go you can drive on it. Yeah. It's really shot some of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> movies are educational and yeah. fun. Learning. Learning about Sunset Boulevard. I'm learning about America's roadways. <laughs> it's infrastructure week. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I know about America is they're constantly having infrastructure week. Is it's that a, right? <laughs> it's a Groundhog Day situation, I think. <laughs> and they've never learned. Groundhog Day, in- infrastructure week, election year. That's just the, like <laughs> yeah. you're trapped in those three measurements of time. Oh my god, yeah, we just had a six week long federal election campaign. And, in like, Canada, in yeah. Canada, and it was just like, oh, it happened. <laughs> yep, we're done. Oh, All cool, right, yeah. cool. Go back to my day. <laughs> But that's enough politics. This is veering so far off the the beaten path here. Let's talk about Billy Wilder's Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Please. Uh, Billy Wilder is a great little filmmaker from the past, so check out his stuff if you haven't. (laughs) I assume he's small. Everybody in the past is small. (laughs) So he's a little maker of films or a maker of little films? He's a little maker of films. Uh, Okay. All right. That's my spin. (laughs) That's you could argue that all of his films have small stakes, oh, that's but they're true. very poignant stakes as a result. They're yeah. very like, what's going to happen to this guy? Yeah, what are these three people? How is this yeah. story going to affect their Who's lives? Who's going to come out of this? Uh, so yeah, Billy Wilder, you, you all know, is like the apartment and other examples that I should be able to pull because he did so many great Double movies. indemnity. That's the one I was trying to think yeah, of. So yeah. he's kind of our, our the guy who made Noir Noir guy. He is. He was, yeah, he was the first guy to, like, well, you. I'm probably jumping the gun yeah. on pieces of info that you have, but he was the first guy to, like, this is this probably isn't true, but he's he's canonized as the first guy to, like, shoot in a noir style where, like, all of the lighting choices and the framing are all what we think of. Like, if you were to just pull up an, an idea of noir in your head, it would be double indemnity. Yeah, like the the famous, I like 
shot of like light through Venetian blinds on a person. Yes, that is from a guy Billy standing Wilder. There. Yes, yeah. exactly. So that's one of the like, and like he wasn't the first to do voiceover, but he's the first to like mm-hmm. lean super hard into oh, it. Oh yeah, as okay. is the case with this week's movie. Yes, extremely. Uh, and Double Indemnity is from 1943. I want to say something like that. I don't know. Yeah, Couldn't it's tell you. a while before and Sunset Boulevard. True. This week is from 1950, so we this is. When you look at it in the historical lens, feel like this is the well. He started out with double indemnity, figuring stuff out, and then here's he's like perfected his little noir machine. Yeah, yeah, I would say it even like it's the noir machine and also scaled up a bit. Yes, it feels like double indemnity takes place in small spaces and mm-hmm. and yeah, this does not. <laughs> yeah, part of the, like the idea of it being like it's in big spaces that are now empty. Yeah, cavernous spaces, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, run down some of the partics here. That's, of course, short for Particulars. Uh, Written and directed by Billy Wilder and co-written by his longtime writing partner, Charles Brackett. Uh, The main star to me here is Gloria Swanson as Norma Desmond. Oh, inarguable. Yeah, she is the one who makes the movie. We've also got William Holden doing a wonderful job as Joe Gillis. The famous director, Eric von Stroheim, as Max von Meyerling. And uh, Nancy Olsen as Betty Schaefer. I love all of those actors. It's really a very strong little ensemble. Yeah, it's great. So for the uninitiated, let's uh, run down some of this here noir plot. We get most of this from uh, hard-boiled voiceover style from Joe Gillis, talking to us from beyond the grave, which I think is admirable of him. Yeah, you get a real, like, record scratch. You're probably (laughs) wondering how I ended up here and where he ended up is floating face Face down down in a pool. Full of bullets. Yeah. Which this is a great movie to talk about because you can't really spoil anything because the first no. sentence is the I end died. of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's watch. Ah, so at a mansion on Sunset Boulevard, a group of police officers and photographers discover the body of Joe Gillis floating face down in a swimming pool in a very cool shot. Mm-hmm. Super, super cool. Yep. Uh, and then we cut to flashback. The entire movie is in flashback of Joe relating the events leading to his death. So six months before he becomes a pool floaty, he is a down-on-his-luck screenwriter who's had some success, and he's trying to, like, jump back into it. Yeah. He tries to sell Paramount Pictures on a story he submitted. The script reader, Betty Schaefer, harshly critiques it without realizing that he's uh, standing right behind her. So it's yes. a classic setup of, like, oh, I didn't see you there. But it, Whoops. And you would, this is where I love, Billy Wilder's writing is so great, because this is, like, if this was any other setup, there'd be, the, like, the embarrassed, like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I pardon mean, me. I meant it in a good way. And then each other gets flustered about how handsome each other are, but all they do is snipe at each other for the rest of the scene. It's great. Yeah, she's like, well, I mean, I didn't know you were right there, but your story does suck. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm I mean, sorry. I wouldn't have said it if you wrote something yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> the way we can prevent this is by you being good at writing. <laughs> yeah, she comes in and she's just like, oh yeah, I read this like a month ago, and uh, there's a reason it didn't come to your desk. Yeah. There is nothing good in there. <laughs> Ooh. Er, you boot. Yeah. Uh, he's he's struggling. Yeah, he is a, a struggling. Uh, one of the ways that we see this is a pair of, I'm just going to call them toadies, goons. Goons. Yeah, yeah. just run-of-the-mill goons. They're trying to repossess his car because he can't afford it. Uh, so he takes flight in his car uh, and pulls into a driveway of a what he thinks is a deserted mansion. And he just pulls into the garage, closes the doors up. Uh, and after concealing his car, he hears a woman calling inside, like, looking at him through binoculars, like, this really, like, Nosferatu. She looks owly, yeah. like, just staring at him through the window, and all you can see is the, the lenses of the binoculars reflecting. She's yeah. wrapped up in furs. 
She does look like a vampire. Yeah, it's a really like, ah, God, oh, how Jesus. long were you there? Jesus. Uh, She's doing it like, you who, you there, boy. You're late. And he's just like, Bleh. what? <laughs> this is just the adrenaline running out of his system. And he's yeah. just like, I don't know what's happening. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and uh, so he gets called inside and the uh, butler, Max, sees him upstairs to show him a uh, <laughs> corpse of a chimp. Yeah. Which is just... I had no fucking clue what was going on in this movie for like the first <laughs> 25 minutes. Uh, yeah. He walks upstairs. He's like, I'm late for what? And he comes, like, it's in here. And yeah. the door is open and it's this like magnificent bedroom. But like a chimp is just lying on. There's, it's like a body <laughs> under a blanket. And she right. pulls it back. And she's like, okay. <laughs> what am I doing in this movie in this Dead house? chimpanzee. It's great. Uh, so uh, this is a friend of Norma's who has died. Uh, <laughs> yes. That he is mistakenly con- confused as the chimp coffin salesman. Right. Uh, pulls yeah. him in. But uh, we kind of leave that behind almost immediately as Joe realizes like, oh, hey, you're uh, Norma Desmond, the old silent film star. I know you. Uh, and they kind of talk about old careers and stuff. And she shows him the mansion and they... It's kind of like a creepy mausoleum of of just pictures of her just everywhere. So many pictures. Like imagine just every horizontal surface is filled to the brim with framed photos of her. Yeah, picture like yeah, if you're going for uh trying to show a shut in and just like their their apartment full of tchotchkes, replace every tchotchke with yes. a picture of This is a hoarder. Yeah. Is what this is. Yeah. And a hoarder of their own stuff. Yeah. And she's very like prickly about it. She's yeah. very like you don't wipe your feet. Like you don't deserve to be in this this room. Why shouldn't I have pictures of myself everywhere? Yeah. It's my home. She's a little a little weird. It's great, uh, but she learns that Joe is a writer and uh, asks him for his opinion on a script uh, she has written for an ad- adaptation of Salome, which is just <laughs> loose leaf paper all over a desk. Like it looks like old. N- bundled up newspaper tomes yes yeah it looks like the desk of a hoarder where Mm. you would classically see that like stacks of old newspaper yeah Yeah. she plans to play the role herself and i believe she's about she's supposed to be like 50 years old in this or so yeah so this is salome is like a 16 year old so yeah it's not the story is that she's like impetuous and like (laughs) she's too she's in charge of a kingdom way too young like yeah 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 she's this is where we get a little bit of like Oh, you're gonna play the 16 year old, huh? Doesn't even go like, and who's gonna play Salome? Yeah. And she's like, well, me, of course. He's what like, kind of stupid question is that? <laughs> he just tries to backpedal, like, of course. Uh-huh. He thinks the script is awful, uh, but flatters her into hiring him as her script doctor because uh, he got to pay off that car somehow. You can see the wheels turning in his head of like, she's crazy and very full of herself. Mm. If I can make her think that this is like her, her vehicle, idea. yeah. <laughs> So he's like, well, it's too big a job for me. I wouldn't be able to tackle it all, all on my own in one night. And she's like, well, you can stay here. I'll pay you. Like, I don't care. I'll pay you whatever you want. Sit down. Start working. He's and like, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> me? What? I'm so busy. I, I'm pretty expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gets into the thing that I know is a red flag as a freelancer is, well, we'll talk about money later. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You ever never actually find out what she's paying him. This is the thing. She never pays him anything. <laughs> right. She just, like... Pays off his, uh, she, she like houses him and yeah, then she gives him some clothes. Yeah, she pays off his like, yeah, his apartment rent that he's behind yeah. on. And, and when the people come back to like, they figure out where the car is and come and get it, she pays them off. Like, Oh no, she doesn't. Way. They take his car. 
and she just is just like, oh, whatever. Oh, but doesn't she, like, she gives the money to, like, not not come after him personally? They just keep the car? I don't know what it is. No, they, yeah. She's, like, smoothing out his life's problems one by one, and yes. he's like, this is weird. Fine. Very personal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but gotta eat. Yeah. So Norma moves Joe into her mansion without any consent. Uh, and while he yeah. is surprised and resents her for it, he gradually accepts his dependent situation because, uh, yeah, life's getting easier. Yeah. He's dressing nice. She's mm-hmm. providing him with, like, yeah, food, cigarettes. They go to fancy parties. Yeah. He sees that uh, Norma refuses to accept that her fame has evaporated. One of the things that keeps her going is that she's getting all these fan letters throughout. Yes. And uh, Joe kind of uncovers that Max is the one writing every letter that's sent to her. Max being the, the butler. The butler. The, like, very yeah. subservient butler who's like, yes. Madame has many admirers. <laughs> yes. He never smiles once. Very... <laughs> He's very dour. Yes. Dour is the exact word. He reminds me of a droopy dog. Yeah, 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 German droopy dog. Yeah. Uh, Max explains that Norma is emotionally fragile and has attempted suicide, and this is one of the ways that he keeps her going, is writing his fan letters, and yeah. Yes. He never, I don't think he ever admits it, he's mm. just like, t- oh yeah, he's like, there are, there are no locks on the doors because Madame can't be... She she can't lock her... We can't allow her to lock herself in. Yeah. And Joe is like, but how could she be, like, despondent? Like, she has all this, you know, fame, fortune, is. blah, yeah. blah, blah. And he's like, I wouldn't look too closely at the postmarks on the letters if I were you. And then just kind of, like, glides away. <laughs> yeah, this creepy thing of, like, every door back when you couldn't separate the lock from the knob. Yeah. So there's no knobs in any doors. <laughs> no, yeah, they so just can, all swing open. And you can see the light coming in from the other rooms. It feels so, there's something incredibly unsettling about that. It's very, like, you have, it contributes way more than I realized on first watch to the, like, mm. you are not, you can never be alone in this house. You know, ne- yeah. you do not have any privacy. And it's to the, you all no to the to whim of yeah. Norma Desmond, yeah. 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 Just bananas. So uh, we get a couple weeks or months into that living situation. <laughs> this is the problem of like, a it's California, maybe, so I have right? no idea There's how no time passes. There's no seasons passing, yeah. yeah. Uh, but at her New Year's Eve party... Uh, jumping ahead over, uh, there's a, a group that she plays bridge with called the Waxworks. Uh, yeah, Joe that Joe like, refers to as the Waxworks. Which are all washed up old uh, silent film stars. And yeah. like Buster Keaton's in there, who is yeah. our favorite. So it's just it's odd so to funny. see him there. <laughs> and truly disturbing for me to hear him speak. Yeah. His voice is so low. Yeah. It just sounds like it's been pulverized by cigarette smoke over the years, which yeah. is exactly what it would have been probably. Yeah, cigarettes and breaking your neck a couple times. Yeah, so she's it, it's just this like dead stifling mansion that she oh, lives in like yeah. Like she and he has no car now, right? So he's right. totally he's yeah. dependent on her Four. and Max to drive him around, to go into town, to like I don't know where Sunset Boulevard is, it's, but I get the impression it's in the hills. This a is one bit. thing I do know. It's fully separated. It's okay. only residences. Like you okay. get you start walking around up there. If you're trying to walk to a place where something actually happens, you got a couple like you have at least an hour walk. Right. So like functionally them. he's stranded. Yeah. He he is totally at their whim and like it's it and he can't lock his own door. Yeah. He he doesn't have a say in what they do every day it's extremely creepy and if he does get driven into town it's in this like 1921 jalopy yeah the horn definitely goes like oh (laughs) (laughs) so just so embarrassing yeah just just 
refuses to like move into modern day. Yeah. And we that hits a head at the New Year's party where <laughs> Joe thinks like, oh, all the like the old people are gonna come to the, the party. The waxworks will show up. She's got this like eight piece orchestra, <laughs> she's got a whole buffet spread, yeah. and you know. And it turns out that the party is just for the two of them. Mm-hmm. And it is one of them. Oh, so uncomfortable. So, and not even Max. Max has to serve the food. Yes. And the musicians aren't allowed to stop playing. No. Oh, God. So weird. So Joe's like, oh, okay, you're casting uh, I see <laughs> your eyes to certain things here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he kind of figures out that there's some uh, love connection going on in her brain that's not being uh, reciprocated by him. So he storms out trying to, like, he lets her down as gently as he possibly can. She takes it very harshly, and he kind of storms out to see his young friends. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to hang out with the cool kids. (laughs) Who is a guy named Artie Green. He goes to stay, prospectively trying to, like, stay on his couch Hang out at the New York Yeah, party. it has this this real, like, oh, thank God I escaped from that house. Like, can I crash with you? Like, they haven't seen him. They don't know where he's been. He comes into the party and they're like, oh my God, you're, you're alive. alive. <laughs> and you're wearing, like, full tails tuxedo. tuxedo. yeah. And that party is, like, the room is so small and packed with people. Yeah, it is such a, like, so small. You can feel the sweat and the cigarette smoke, but it's just so, like, everyone's having a good time. Yeah. Like, there's people enjoying themselves. And it's, he's like, oh, right, life. It's this cool inverse of like the open spaces of Norma's mansion is so stifling and then you get into this what should be a small and stifling place and it's such a relief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So great. I love it. Uh, But there we see Betty, the script reader again, uh, who is uh, Betty's, uh, Artie's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Betty corners Joe and is like, hey, I went back and read all your stuff and yeah, it does all suck, but there's one one line. (laughs) Some of it doesn't suck, yeah. I found one scene that's actually pretty good. What if, you wrote a whole movie about that one scene. What if we developed that idea? Yeah. She's really, like, gung-ho. She wants to move up in the department. Like, yeah. she's just a script reader, but she wants to write. So she's like, let's, this is good. We can do something with this. Yeah. Uh, so Joe's like, yeah, this is great. I, I love what's going on here. He phones Max, uh, say, like, pack up my things. I'm going to come get them or bring them down to this apartment. I'm done there. Yeah. And Max just really stone cold. Oh, I can't. Madame tried to kill herself. She slit her wrists and, like, hangs up on him. Yeah. <laughs> guilting Mm. Uh, so we get some painful uh scenes of joe trying to coax norma back into like the realm of the living basically like don't try this again he he runs back to the mansion like he's so freaked out and he goes up and she's you know tearful and like, how could you do this to me? I'm I'm worthless. I, why won't anyone love me? Mm. And he's like, no, it's not. No, people love you. It's very like, yeah. I'll just tell her what she wants to hear. Which is exactly what everybody's been doing. Yeah. Well, I guess everybody, Max, has been doing. <laughs> everybody uh, she knows. <laughs> her close circle 100% of people, yeah. Uh, and it eventually turns into like, yeah. I love you. Yeah. It's like, why, you know, if you really cared about me, you wouldn't have left. And when she's like, you'll promise you'll never leave. He's like, I won't, I won't leave. Ugh, <laughs> uh, it's brutal. And this is like one of the, it feels like such a cheap thing for back in the day. This exact story would be the, not exact story, but you'd have the reverse thing of the emotionally manipulative, abusive man being like, mm. that's older, like, pulling the younger woman and be like, oh, but you don't understand how hard it is for me at work. Yeah, that, totally. Yeah. And this is just, it's nice to see the shoe on the other foot, I guess. <laughs> I guess. It's very, the first time around you feel, well, I felt 
very sorry for Norma. Yeah. And this time around, I think she's a monster. Mm. So I don't know if she, she stops crying immediately once oh, he yeah. says like, no, I love you. Like, I'll stay with you. And then she's just like, ah, good. Yeah. There's the scene of her slowly like enfolding her, her yeah. arms around him. And that just feels him like with her weird nails. Spider and... web. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's like a tragic figure, but not that much sympathy for her at the same time. No, yeah, it's yeah. a weird mix. Yeah, she she pulls it off, but she really does. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the world of business, <laughs> uh, Norma has Max deliver the edited Salome script, which has been finished, to her former director, who is the only person she, that she says that she will work with, which is the famous in real life and in the Sunset Boulevard cinematic universe, uh, Cecil B. DeMille, yeah. uh, at Paramount. She starts getting cold calls from Paramount Executive Gordon Cole, but petulantly refuses to speak with anyone except DeMille because she assumes, oh, they're they're courting me to like right. get my script made. Right. She has this like, oh, he he's sending an underling to call me. Mm. No, no, I'm going to hold out for him because we've made films together in the past. Yeah. I'm only going to speak to DeMille. Uh, eventually she has Max drive her and Joe to the Paramount lot in her, uh... Jalopy. It's 1929, so it's a 21-year-old car at this point, which is, like, cars advance pretty fast over that period. In that period of time, yes. Yeah, definitely a wooga horn going there. Uh, DeMille welcomes her affectionately and treats her with great respect, tactfully evading all of her questions about the script because he thinks it's, like, the worst thing he's ever read. He's like, I'm not gonna do that. He hates it. It's great. Uh, he, like, leaves her in the the care of his staff and the other people who know her on the line. Right, they're shooting a movie at the time, so he's like, okay, you just, just like, sit in my chair, I'll be right back. And he calls Gordon Cole and realizes that the only reason she's getting calls from Paramount is they want to rent her car because Because of, it's so old! So old they can't find another one? Yeah, they <laughs> just, need it for a movie. Uh, like, brutal. Oh, no. But uh, they don't tell Norma this because no one has the heart to let her down. Yeah. Uh, preparing. And, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's just well, like while he's gone and he's trying to make these phone calls, like what the fuck did Gordon Cole call her about? What I, what yeah. would I? She's like people recognize her on the set. Like she's yeah. she is a, a famous star from the past, and so they all crowd around and like someone turns a the spotlight, a spotlight on, her. on her because she knows him. He's like 80. He's like a, a stagehand from from back in the day, yeah. and she's just like basking in this <laughs> attention and just like that's her happy place like she got that taste of it again and i love that demille comes in and is just like okay break it up get that spotlight off her like he's there to just dispel everything yeah he actively says like turn that spotlight back where it belongs is what he says so so harsh yeah (laughs) the cruelest thing a man named cecil has ever done um Yeah, and the the executive is like, he's clearly meant to be, he's just this young guy, he has no idea what he's stepping into. Yeah. No, has no clue. (laughs) The hornet's nest he's mixing up. Mm -hmm. Um, Why did you make her come down here? He's just like, oh my god, why? Now she's here, now we have to talk to her. I was ignoring her so well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But preparing for her imagined comeback, Norma starts undergoing a rigorous beauty treatment, which is just like... You got the old style elastic bands yeah, moving stuff around. Like electric face massagers yeah. and like those little sweat suits where you enclose someone oh, in yeah. like a barrel for an hour or whatever. Yeah, a little spa cube. Yeah. Some kind, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Joe, while she's doing this, Joe has like some time to himself and he's like getting away, yes. driving the jalopy himself yeah. down to Paramount to work with Betty on a script in secret. Uh, yes. on an, an original screenplay to like a forward her career. It's extremely funny to me too that like 
nowhere well a they don't have a contract like norma didn't mm. have him sign anything because we'll sort all that out exactly later. yeah for whom money means nothing of course you don't have to hash out the money details mm-hmm. but it also like nowhere was it stated that joe couldn't work on other projects but he knows oh, yeah. it's going to be a problem so it has to be in secret. He's yeah. got that, like, I know this is quote unquote wrong. As in, like, <laughs> someone is going to react poorly to this, so I have to keep it a secret. There's no reason he should, all but he knows he has to. Yeah, it's unspoken rules of, oh, man. Yeah. As, watching this movie, all freelancers should watch this movie just to, like, learn <laughs> the red flags. <laughs> yes. If your employer, if the first thing you see in the in the venue is a dead chimp, maybe don't go. <laughs> Book it out of there. That's my professional advice. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. I think that everyone needs to hear that at some point. Yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Universally applicable. Uh, but meanwhile, his moonlighting is found out by Max. And this is where, like, there are so many tent poles in this where they're, they're just, like, things that I always remember. is mm-hmm. like, this is why this is an insane movie. Yes. And it earns all of these moments. Yeah. Uh, we find out, find out that Max reveals he was a respected film director once who was the one who discovered Norma, mm-hmm. put her in her first movie, made her a star, and then married her. Yeah. And we uh, have found out previously that Norma has been married three times. Yes. And That's like Joe, the husband that, or the uh, the room that Joe stays in is is the husband's room. Yeah. So he's just living in Max's old room. Yeah, sleeping Ugh. in Max's old bed, and Max is just driving her around town every day, serving her her food. He is just like a shell, and he is treated like shit. Like, oh yeah, she's constantly screaming at him. Yeah. And there's been no fucking hint of this at all until Max kind of catches him coming home one night and, and is just like in the shadows his little bald head oh, God. <laughs> yeah it's a real like yes i was husband number one this is the closest billy wilder ever came to a horror movie in my oh, mind it's very... terrifying at moments <laughs> yeah uh, very much a horror movie uh, so yeah he admits that after she divorced him and it's he very clearly says she divorced me like mm, he didn't yeah. have a say in this right he found life without her to be unbearable and abandoned his career 100% to become her servant like he came crawling back yeah yeah, yeah oh. i i think that's where joe is like oh i see what path this, this is, is going down yep i got it and meanwhile you have like betty who is also working for any means necessary to make herself like an established star person we yeah. get some of betty's i'm just gonna call it backstory like that she <laughs> yeah, had like yeah. a nose job and plastic surgery because she wanted to be in front of the camera and she comes from a, an actor family and they were yeah. like oh of course betty's gonna be an actor and they were yeah. like your nose is too big and so she had a nose job and then they were like we're actually not gonna cast you or she's too short or something no they um, say like you just can't act yeah also you're a bad <laughs> yeah, actress they're like, you yeah. look great <laughs> don't want you yeah and then she's like Oh, okay. This is an insane lifestyle. This is an insane industry. Yeah. I'm just going to do what I actually like to do, which is write. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Betty's the healthy approach. Yeah, yeah. the healthiest approach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair. it's healthy, but... Fair. <laughs> because through the work, she falls in love with Joe and wants yes. to break off her engagement to Artie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe is kind of into it, smooches her a bit, but he realizes... He bad. Yeah, life is going to get complicated because... Norma discovers the manuscript with Betty and Joe's name on it, calls Betty, like, just... Calls her direct, like, finds her at her work. At home. She calls her at home. Oh, like, that's right. Her roommate her answers. Work. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. <laughs> just to insinuate that Joe is not the man he sees. He seems. Yeah. Um, 
But this feels like this is going to be one of those, how long can the secrets hold out as it's initially yeah. set up, but Joe just walks in and he takes the phone from her like, yeah, I am living with this woman who yeah. is older than me, and it's a weird situation, and... He never, like, outright says, like... He he kind of he he does the like do I need to spell it out for you I live here with this unmarried woman yep. I you know it's very like fifties yeah we can't directly say like but like they talk the way Billy Wilder talks about it is he's like oh yeah he's a gigolo that's what yeah he is. exactly so like this is borderline sexual slavery yeah 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 uh, that's how it is intended to be so yes. it's it's yeah. all the unsaid things are so well planted in this it's yeah great. yeah. So he invites Betty on over to the mansion to have a yeah. quick visit. He's like, you know what? Fine. Come see how I live. When she arrives, he pretends he's satisfied. One of these, like, I'm doing this to protect you uh, things. Yes. Yeah. Which I know on my first watch, I was like, oh, he is just like, he's given up on himself and he's just being self I kind of thought that too, yeah. where he was like, oh, there's no out for me. I might as well enjoy the material goods that I get out of this. You yeah. know what I mean? But on my watch this time, I feel like he's doing this to like, okay, save her and then I'm getting myself out of here. Oh, it's totally yeah. a, yeah. Like, Betty, I don't love you. Never come back here so that she gets the fuck away from Norma because mm. Norma has just revealed that she has a gun. Mm. And there's the way that she tried to kill herself after the New Year's party was Joe accidentally left a razor yeah. in his room. Which is against the rules. Yes. And yeah. so she got a hold of that. Like, there are no weapons in this house, but Norma has gone and bought a gun. Yeah. So uh, Joe knows she's not in a good place, but he needs to get the fuck out of that place yeah. <laughs> immediately. So he gets her out. That's exit Betty for the yep. the proceedings, which nice I'm glad know, she yeah. made it out okay. Yeah, you know what? Good. <laughs> Hope she goes to Nevada and marries Artie or whatever. Yeah. So once she's gone, Joe just bluntly tells Norma, I'm going to Ohio to go back to my newspaper job if they'll have me. Yeah. Uh, Moving back he, to my hometown. Yeah. He bluntly informs her that there will be no comeback whatsoever. Her fan mail comes from Max. There is no script production happening. Uh, he disregards Norma's threats to kill herself because I think at this point he just assumes it's an attention move. Yes. Which is a dangerous game to play. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then she just breaks out the gun and starts waving it in his face. And, and he's like, fuck this, I'm out. He storms out, and she shoots him in the back, and then we meet up with the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and the flashback ends, and we get a little epilogue, which is one of the most disturbing things yes. from past cinema in my mind. The infamous epilogue. Yeah, the house is filled with police and reporters. This is like classic tabloid shit, like old star yeah. kills... Uh, Even yeah, in the in the like post death voiceover yeah. as they're dragging his body out of the pool, he's like, "This is going to be so hard on her." Imagine the headlines mm. like "washed up star kills writer" or like yeah. "crime of passion for forgotten ingenue" or whatever. Like it's <laughs> yeah. you know, he knows what it's going to look like. Uh, and it like sun like breaks Norma away from reality. She lives somewhere else now in her yeah, brain. Yeah, she's done. So she's, she's just sitting in front of her mirror, like, idly powdering her face, and she does not blink at all. Yeah. She thinks that she's on set, that Salome yes. is currently undergoing shooting. there's so many, like, people crowding around and, like, Flash asking bulbs. her questions. Yeah. Yep. Hedda Hopper is there. Yeah. Hedda Hopper is actually L literally there, which there. is really yeah. funny to me. <laughs> and uh, Max has this scheme of, like, okay, we'll get her down and into the paddy wagon, I guess. Yeah, the police cruiser. We'll tell her that, like, we're shooting. Cameras are yep. rolling. We're waiting Take for you, one. Norma. And she does her 
Like, it feels like everybody else is frozen in space and she's floating down the stairway. They're so horrified by this. Uh, yeah. She comes down and she starts crying and she says, okay, I'm sorry I ruined the take. Just let me do a I'm speech. I'm just so happy to be here. Uh, I, I can't believe we're really doing this. And everyone is sitting there with their, their like, newspaper journalism pads and, like, news cameras. Like, what the fuck? And we get the infamous, all right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. And she steps towards the camera and the end. Yeah. And it, Get to sit with yourself for the rest of your <laughs> life having watched that. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, great yeah. movie. Great, great movie. So I'm curious, This is we've watched this two times now. What do you feel like? For me, I can pinpoint the exact second that I was like, I am all into this movie. <laughs> do you Do you have a, any similar kind of thing with this? I, I feel like I'm into this movie more than you are, but that's just a me guess thing. No, I mean, I, I, I liked it uh, on first watch, but I didn't totally get what was going on. Um, and the piece of the puzzle that didn't fall in for me immediately, like obviously I understood what it was, but I didn't realize the significance was Max's kind of confession mm. um, right at the end-ish of, of the yeah. movie. That second time I was like, this sucks! <laughs> like it's Good. But it, this situation is, it will turn you into a shell of a person. Mm-hmm. She is torturing him. Like, this yeah. is this is a horror movie. Yeah. There's no fucking question. This is like you're right. trapped in the house movie. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And this woman, like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know that there was a specific moment, but it was certainly like when, when she threatens to, or when she's, attempted to take her own life and he runs back to the the mansion yeah and she's crying and and you can see him kind of like tense himself and be like no of course norma i'll never leave you and she her face just like lights up and she stops crying immediately is when you're like oh no and like who can fucking blame him what are you gonna say to someone who just tried to kill themselves this is like the writing of of the the structure i guess i should say of this feels so like there's so many especially older movies like this that hinge on personal choices that yeah. you can fault so much of like, why the hell do you do that? Like, what what is going on here? Why did you go into that? Why don't you just tell the person the truth? Like, all yeah. this stuff. And this is like, oh, there is no way to do this. Obviously <laughs> you would do this. Yeah. yeah. There are some, like, yeah, why there are so many movies and, and, like, pieces of media that do hinge on this. Like, why can't you just tell this person the truth? Because yeah. it's really fucking hard. Yeah. 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 Like, you're not, he's not a bad dude. No, it's, it's, he's, it's hard. He's a disillusioned dude that's just vaguely trying his best. Yeah. Like... <laughs> he's not actively trying to do harm. Yeah. 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 And he's not equipped at all. That's no. where you're like, oh, he is too weak to handle. Like, weak in a... Uh, I know what you mean. Like, you he, know what I mean. He's at like a nadir of his own. Yeah, he can't be mean enough to compete with how much her brain is broken. <laughs> yeah. Like, how completely delusional she is yeah. how, how could you you're not operating in the same reality no not at all yeah i know for me the first time around it's the obviously it's a shocking image and so it pulls you in but especially the second time the chimp is just such a because to me the implication is the chimp lived in the husband's room oh gosh the chimp was her friend yeah. and this is just like Oh, we are all just cattle to her basically yeah she can't yeah. tell the difference <laughs> yeah like you might as well be of a slightly trained animal, yeah, 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 for sure. Because it's yeah, no, you aren't, you are barely involved in this. It's just yeah, you're a plaything. And that is kind of Max's whole deal, right? Is he's so eager to like 
no, I'm useful, madam. Like, I'm good. I love you. I'm I'm worthy. And yeah, she and has how, no time of day for that. Yeah. It feels like that the classic um, abuser thing of if I just showed them how much I care about them. Oh, totally. And how worthy, how worth my time they are, they'll see the same thing in me. They'll reciprocate eventually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any day now. Any second. <laughs> oh, now. it's been 40 years. Um, He's somehow getting balder over yeah. time. <laughs> just like... Completely bald, but getting balder. Yeah. Yeah, his eyes are so sunken, and he's just like, he never fucking smiles once. And it's this, that, that reveal is so good, because it's it this... It is so heartbreaking. Uh, the whole time, you're like, oh, he's just a crotchety old guy, and like, yeah. no, that's... He's a devoted servant. And you get this final piece of the puzzle, it's like, every single thing he says and does makes sense immediately. Yes. Like... He's directing her life, though, right? Like, she's oh, not yeah. even entirely in charge in that sense. Like, everyone in that movie, in that house, is so awful for each other yeah just the worst possible combinations of personalities yeah he really is like the toxic enabler which is yeah, yeah. totally he's the only power he has is to make her feel good about herself yeah. and so that's where he goes with it like he has nowhere else oh it's so fucked up severely fucked oh up oh my god you know what else that's is fucked the, up yeah <laughs> well, do tell that just i i feel like i got mad at this the first time which is <laughs> the like the way that everybody the the famous quote is i'm ready for my close-up mr demille that's not what the quote is it's mr demille oh. i'm now ready for my close-up oh it's piss just, posh. <laughs> but that's one of those things of like i watched looney tunes for years growing up so it's like <laughs> stapled into my mind when in the christ would they have put in a sunset oh, the boulevard time. reference <laughs> it's everywhere all right that's upsetting yeah all right this is one of those very petty things getting to the end and it's like wait a second hold on i've been lied to for years <laughs> that hurt it felt bad to hear all uh, right fair enough so just, what about you was there a like oh moment it, for on the second it? watch it's the chimp thing and mm. the first watch it that's just the the shock of it really like pulled me right in <laughs> to, to me the chimp thing the first time was like this is a wacky house <laughs> you know yeah people were always owning cheetahs and shit back oh, then like, yeah like you could be easily get the impression that this is a screwball comedy yes yeah which no <laughs> don't run <laughs> and like people call it like a dark comedy but when billy wilder like people would ask him if it was intended to be that he's like no it's just a movie yeah i mean it's <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks <laughs> billy it's funny in the sense that it is so like if you don't laugh you'll cry you know mm, yeah yeah. Like, you have to have a reaction of some kind. Yes. <laughs> Just relief that it's not happening to yeah. you, I uh. think, is the... Yeah, that's fair. Oh, God. Yeah, that jet chimp was her only friend. Like, she yeah. thinks Max is not even a person, so that chimp is all she has. Yeah. Fucked up. Very fucked up. Ah, good stuff. <laughs> so let's uh, talk about some of the major players in this movie. Let's do. Let's uh, just learn a little bit about the people behind and in front of the camera. Gosh. <laughs> Uh, well i just wanted to mention billy wilder is uh just hollywood royalty of writing and directing hell yeah uh he grew up in berlin in the 1920s and his family is jewish Mm -hmm. so he bounced around europe a little bit literally evading nazis until uh getting to work in american film uh he found it very fascinating even from his childhood days american film culture because it just Hmm. it looked so much different than everything he knew and when he got to L.A., he would go up to Sunset Boulevard and just be like, this is weird. 
Did anybody else realize how weird this is? Did you guys is? fucking see this shit? It, it is extremely weird to me that there's, you know, Joe just turns into, ah, an abandoned mansion, obviously. Because it was, it was something that literally they were everywhere. That's so weird. Because the setup of it is in the 20s, there, there was no tax code in place to tax these stars. Mm. So they just had mountains of money. Then the Great Depression hits. They move on to the sound films. Oh, they don't get any work you. anymore, and they just stay hold up forever. Like they, it would be like yeah. for every mansion where there's somebody actually doing something, there would be uh, Norma Desmond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. He, the way he described it, like writing this movie, he always wanted to write this movie. He described oh. it as uh, he wanted to explore how former stars from Silent Airs lived their lives just inside, okay, uh, and how they spent their time now that the parade had passed them by. <laughs> and just like living so, in that space, and, yeah, you know. that's exactly what he. Yeah, so this this is the this is in the genre of like movies about movies, very much, okay. and lots of fun facts coming your way. Uh, the character of Norma Desmond, it, like I know I watched this as like, oh, this is just purely either purely fiction or it's one person. There's nothing in between. Oh, but it no, it is. It's a composite of like a couple dozen different anecdotes, stories. All I definitely assumed it was like an amalgamation of yeah. like what tended to happen to these silent film stars. So you were smarter than me in this regard. Aww. Uh, so some of the like the confirmed aspects were uh, there's Greta Garbo, Mary Pickford, and Pola Negri were uh, uh, yeah, yeah, incredibly yeah. reclusive okay. in after the they stopped working in film really often. So he took like anecdotes and stories from people encountering them out in the wild and uh specifically referencing mental disorders experienced by may murray valeska surratt and clara bow oh plus loads of other unconfirmed things that he said like pretty much he says that it's it is fiction in the way that he's not there's no way that he's targeting anybody specifically sure he's just writing about the the idea of these actresses that kind of like it's affluenza, basically. Yeah. Where you get all this money and then your brain falls out of your head. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then also, like, your validation completely disappears. Yeah. Like, that's a bad mix. And so he's writing this movie during the the Hayes Code, like, right. time, which it is amazing to me that this movie exists during a time with the Hayes Code. <laughs> like, Double Indemnity, too. They, I feel like they're a yeah. lot more sly about it in Double Indemnity. Yeah, and I think it's supposed to be more obviously sleazy. Like, Barbara Stanwyck's yeah. character is obviously supposed to be, like, a bad woman. Yeah. And so you can almost be like, look, the bad woman. Like, <laughs> so you don't have to have sympathy for her. Easier yeah, well, to write, maybe. I think so, yeah. Because you can just, like, pick out a few code words to be like, this just means adultery. And yeah, then exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> find and replace and you're done. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the way he wrote this, and I, I too really looked at this and I was like, oh, this all makes sense. And in an effort to keep all the full details of the story from Paramount Pictures so that they could actually get the movie made uh, with the censorship code in place, they only submitted a, the script a few pages at a time <laughs> while they were filming. So, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Uh, so the Breen uh, office, that's who runs the code, mm -hmm. they insisted certain lines be rewritten. Like Gillis uh, at one point was going to say, I'm up that creek and I need a job, meaning shit creek. Yeah. And they changed that to be, I'm over a barrel, I need a job. Which like, that's the biggest kinds of changes that were made. Oh, okay. Which is amazing, frankly. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> because the reason why Paramount told Paramount, or, um, Wilder and Bracket told Paramount, oh, we're just adapting this famous Hollywood story called A Can of Beans. It doesn't exist. 
the story isn't real. Okay. They made up the title and the vaguest outline just to be like, oh yeah, we're this is where it goes. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Movie <laughs> oh, executives are the dumbest creatures <laughs> on the planet. I love that you could just be like, yeah, this is the script we're making, and then just do something do, else. Uh, yeah, literally <laughs> making it up day by day. Oh it's so funny. Uh, <laughs> Good like, for him. Good for him. Like he, it's that combination of like he was just famous enough to like mm, get yeah. a, for them to be like okay. Sight you, unseen though. Yeah, we know okay. you've played with fire before, but you always come out on top. Let's. let's... Always makes us money. Yep. And okay. This, yeah, it did. So good. <laughs> it's also it's so funny too because there's nothing like no one ever says the word sex or or like nothing raunchy happens. But you would have to be blind and deaf oh, yeah, no, to not sure. understand but the, what's happening. You'd have to watch the dailies, I think, to like actually see, to mm, get that sense. Yes. Not in the script, it's on the screen. So the day that they started filming, they had only uh, written the first act. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So what? that Yeah, the opening flashback bit, they're like, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll get there <laughs> J.J. Abrams is frothing at the mouth yeah, right now. because Billy Wilder's the one madman that I can actually yeah, do it. he pulled it off! <laughs> Jesus. Uh, which I just, I can't, like, I'm picturing them in the, the pitch room or whatever, just being like, oh yeah, we got a story we're basing it on. It's, uh, and looking around the room and the executive's eating a can of beans. <laughs> the executive's called, a train hobo for some reason. It's called a can, can of beans. Can it's about a guy who really likes beans. Don't worry, it'll show up in the rest of the yeah. script we haven't written yet. I think you'll like it. It's a metaphor for something. To yeah, it almost right. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I'm playing light with the extreme Hollywood lore because there's just mm. so much about it. But one thing I really liked in okay. here is that uh, Joe Gl- Gillis was originally going to be Montgomery Clift. Um, oh, played by? Played by, yes. Oh. Uh, cool. But he, like, down to they were just about to, he'd done a screen test and they had started rehearsals. in the everything. makeup chair. Yeah. And he, at the last second, was like, you know what? No thanks. Uh. And he left and later came, not later, kind of, everyone was like, oh, it's because uh, he is currently having They're a drinking. secret affair with an older woman that he wants no one to know about. Oh. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Okay, I just assumed the alcoholism. Oh, that's probably in there. Uh, with the singer named Libby Holman, okay. who was very famous at the time, so it was this like open secret, but they didn't want it to like become a thing a tabloid could yeah, grab onto. Yeah. God damn it! So uh, money. Yeah. So he got all the way. I understand you don't have a complete script yeah, exactly. in front of you. I'm... So he found out that this was the plot, and he was like. Ah. Surely no. I am sure it was. Okay, first day of shooting. Here's the first third of the script, and you got to the end. He's like, "Wait a second. <laughs> oh, peace out, actually. Uh, uh, poor guy. <laughs> my movie um, stating that I'm not dating an older woman is really making people ask me if I'm dating. I already woman. answered those questions. <laughs> No, that's what you do. Like, nowadays, that's what you would do so that when you Google Monty Clift Older Woman, you only get the movie and you don't get the <laughs> Knock those the search results, results to page three. <laughs> SEO that shit. That's, wow. Yeah, amazing. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention is that uh, DeMille, the scenes with DeMille in this, yes. the, where he's on the soundstage, they recreated... Uh, or maybe this was literally they borrowed the sound set stage for a day. I don't know. Uh, he had a Samson and Delilah came out in 1949. Oh, sure, And sure, this sure, is sure. the movie that is being shot. Uh, like, either I, I assume it was already shot by this point. This movie, came, since Bill Ford came out in 1950, so I'm sure they shot it that year. Okay, sure. So they just recreated that because I guess they thought it would be cute. <laughs> that is 
cute. <laughs> Lends a certain veracity. The other really cute thing in there is that Nancy Ol- Olsen, who plays Betty, okay. she was the uh, second choice to play Delilah in that movie. Oh. So it's just kind of a, like, <laughs> That's hey, charming. I like that. Remember yeah. this? You, uh, you want to sort of do this? <laughs> <laughs> but the main thing I want to dive into is Gloria Swanson. Hell yeah. Yeah. So she, uh, she's Norma Desmond. Uh, and she, this is, it's not like this is an autobiography of her, but this is weird. She is just the person for this role. So let's uh, learn a little bit about her. Oh boy. She worked as an actor after getting discovered in 1915 at the age of 15. Oh boy. Uh, while she was, she was just taking a tour of the studio and like agents didn't exist then. So they were like, hey, you're 15 and pretty. Yeah. You got to just like watch the buses go by yeah. to find people. <laughs> and she just got like a walk on one line part in a movie or no. line. It was a silent movie. So right, yeah. walk on a mouth part. a line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See your face move. Yeah. Okay. And she just like quickly became a star. She married. She one of the reasons she wanted to go on the studio tour is that she had a crush on the. I don't know if it's necessarily the star of the movie that she wound up in, okay. but she was hoping to see her crush. Sure. Uh, so she married her crush, her co-star uh, in some of her early starring roles, named Wallace Beery. Okay. Uh, she married him on her seventeenth birthday. He was thirty-two. Uh weird she yeah. but she wanted it she was like yeah let's do it we 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 yes but the they got married and she's like wait this is bad oh hold on <laughs> so they divorced two years later it's um, a long time to hold out when yeah. you're like hold on i'm 17 and yeah through through that marriage she just kept getting more and more work and was mm. a huge star at the time she was considered the most bankable star in 1925 uh thanks to the pictures that she starred in under the direction of Cecil B. DeMille. Okay. Yeah. So okay. they okay, okay, okay. were legit buddies. The way that they're bantering with each other, their nicknames for each other, that's what, that's, those were their nicknames. So weird. Yeah. All right. It just, yeah. What a sport, <laughs> Gloria Swanson, in this movie. Truly. To be like, hey. Yeah. Do you want to lay out all your shit <laughs> on camera forever? On camera. Camera. Uh, but eventually she turned into a producer. She started oh, creating a bevy of umbrella corporations. Oh. Just like vague names like Swanson Producing, British Swanson Co. Swanson Produces. This feels like Frozen Meals. That seems <laughs> oh, yeah. like British. I don't know. Well, Swanson Frozen Meals. That's, that's, oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. That wasn't a funny joke. That's reality. <laughs> I'll cut this. <laughs> There's some truth in every joke. And with every joke comes a frozen meal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only <laughs> problem that she had with her early productions that she was bankrolling is that they didn't make any money, Uh-oh. or at best they broke even, okay. and she didn't have, like, an actual studio, which is why she just, like, every movie that she produced, it was just a different name, basically. Okay, sure. Uh, just, the I first guess, one goes under. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing it was a tax dodge of some sort. Yeah. Um, she had a manager that was running all this, so yeah. Okay. Uh, so, by 1927, so, like... A couple years into her producing, she was broke. Uh, like, she has like letters that say that she had like sixty three dollars and fifty cents to her name, which I mean, in nineteen twenty seven dollars, I guess is a couple like, hundred bucks. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> not good. Not good. Uh, and that's right as sound movies start to come into fashion. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, but and she was like, no. I'm sticking with silent movies because oh, those yeah. are, everyone you need just faces. Yeah, like are all of the like really good lines in the script just lifted from her life? Yes. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> if if not exact quotes, then literal things that she went through and experienced yes. and 
yeah, business decisions she made. Oh my god. Uh, Bad business decisions. So she hired, uh, wanting to stick with silence, in 1927, she was like, I'm going to do this big movie. And I can't, uh, the original name was something called like The Swamp or something like that. <laughs> Bad name for a movie. They quickly renamed yep. it to Queen Kelly, uh, a silent movie. And she, she didn't want to hire the director at first, but her friends were like, no, he's really good. Like, look at these other movies he's done. Like, yes, he's very my way or the highway kind of director, but look at the results you get. These movies are amazing. He's in Europe, so he's going to be this, like, he won't be super expensive <laughs> because he's coming to Hollywood for the first time. Okay. Yeah, his name's Eric von Stroheim. Oh, uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. And she had heard he's really difficult to work with, so she's like, I don't... He's tetchy, right? Yeah, he's very serious and very, yelly and... Very German. <laughs> yeah, do it my way or... Yeah. Or is he Austrian at uh, the time? Yes, he is Austrian. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, <laughs> she calls him in and the production was... They had their schedules up and everything like that. Uh, and this was Eric von Stroheim's reputation, so I don't know why they were surprised. It went so slow. It was so costly. Went over uh, budget in every possible way it could. <laughs> Great. Um, Perfect. To the point that she eventually stormed off the set and fired Stroheim on the spot. <laughs> and they just stopped. They didn't oh. film an ending. They didn't finish it. They just, like, tossed just it in a corner. And they're like, we don't have any money left. We can't do anything anymore. Oh, boy. Uh, but cut forward a few years in 1931, uh, so this is three years after they start the movie, which <laughs> at the time, that's an insanely long oh, turnaround. You, yeah. it's done. It's dust. Yeah. Yeah. So Gloria's in dire straits, so they're like, okay, let's just throw, tack on an ending and release this fucking thing. <laughs> uh, Get it out of my office. Yeah, so they released this silent movie in 1932, uh, and only in Europe, so it never came to the yeah. States. It didn't get... Uh, played in the states to like the 50s oh wow okay uh, yeah this huge boondoggle that kind of sunk her career okay. uh but on the personal side since 1918 she had been married and uh she had been married one more time and then divorced and then okay. she'd been married a third time and that one was sticking a little bit okay um and meanwhile she, she just had affairs on and off yeah i mean um, yeah, yeah. The time. uh but the disaster of queen kelly led to her uh Big ongoing affair with her business manager. Um, oh, okay. Collapsed at that point. Uh, her manager, who had been saying, like, yeah, you can stick the silence, hire Eric von Stroheim, mm. we'll make this all work. Uh, this was, her business manager was Joseph P. Kennedy, the father of John F. Kennedy. Oh, my God! <laughs> yeah. They had been, like, lovers on and off, business partners. With him leaving, it just fucked her so hard financially. She could yeah. not recover. So she had to leave L.A. Like, she couldn't oh afford to live in L.A. anymore. Yeah, if you um, get left by a Kennedy, you're done. <laughs> you are toast. Yeah. People at the time didn't realize the trouble yeah. Kennedy caused. If she could have just murdered Kennedy yeah. at the time, it's fine. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, in every way, career decline. She tried her hand on a stage and in radio dramas and TV appearances, which that's... She goes okay. to New York to try and do all that. Oh, okay. She kind of... It's more than scrapes out a living, but she she's making it. She's, She's working. Surviving, yeah. Sure, okay. Uh, but we cut forward 18 years, like she does that for two decades, from 1932 to 1950. She meets uh, Billy Wilder. Oh, that's not math, is it? 1932 to 1950? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah, math. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I got very insecure for a second. <laughs> like I was going to call you on it. <laughs> sure, numbers. Yeah, she meets Billy Wilder, uh, who had been told by director George Cuker, who if uh, a yeah. uh, friend of Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Um, uh, famous director, uh, that Swanson was the person to be Norm Norma Desmond. Like, he he advised Billy Wilder on this. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
And uh, she was a Wilder who doesn't know her at all. Okay. Asked her su- to submit to a screen test. And her response was, quote, I've made 20 films for Paramount. Why do they want me to audition? <laughs> and that's where you're like, oh my God, you don't have to audition. That's yeah. exactly it. <laughs> well, that's just it. Scribbling furiously. <laughs> but that is literally the, without me, there wouldn't be any Paramount. That's what informed that line. <laughs> Oh my god, she's so awful. I love this. Yeah, and like oh. she knew where the lines were coming from. Like she is such a good sport for going along with all Amazing. this. Amazing. Yeah. So Swanson refused, and then went to George Cukor and said, "Should I have done that? Is that <laughs> a thing we do?" Yeah. Uh, and Cukor said it would be the role you would be forever remembered for. Like everyone will forget everything you've ever done in a good way. <laughs> in like, a good way. Yeah. This will be. You will be, like, a monument. This will be the height of your yeah. career. Yeah. And, like, he's not wrong. God um, damn, that guy has good fucking instincts. Yeah. And the way he's... He eventually convinced her by saying, quote, If they ask you to do ten screen tests, do ten screen tests, or I will personally shoot you. Oh, okay. I take back my... <laughs> but he was, right. like... He was a member of the community, so he's, he's a, being He's sassy. out there. He's a guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, he's, you know, if you're best gay friend says or I'm, I will personally shoot you yeah. it's funny yeah. it's cute okay. so she submitted to a screen test signed a contract on the spot and the movie that Joe Norma and Max all watched together in her home theater is Queen Kelly oh fuck operated by Eric Von Stroheim this is so weird yeah. this movie is a black hole yeah it's the, like in the, a good way the nexus of the universe is just gonna yeah. fold into itself <laughs> there's an event horizon somewhere <laughs> in this movie that just breaks the universe and her performance is so good oh like, it's it's so it's so like considering that this is basically autobiographical ooh. that's she's just it's so villainous but it's so so sad it's yeah. i don't i don't know how to, there must be like one word for it but yeah she is clearly off her rocker but like who could blame her yeah you know absolutely like that it, I, I understand how you get there. Like, yeah. again, it's sympathetic, it's tragic, or it's it's tragic, but it's not sympathetic. It's that... Yeah, it's it's, it's at a distance, right? You never yeah. fully empathize with Norma. You're just like, yes, I understand, and that sucks. Yeah. She's bonkers. Yeah. 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 So there's a little bit about Gloria Swanson for you. Didn't know George Cukor <clears throat> featured so heavily in the yeah, this piece of movie history. Popping his little head in here to guide Hollywood. <laughs> uh, what a guy. All right. Yeah, so uh, that's Good all I him. wanted to let you know about Sunset Boulevard. Okay. What's your What's your final thoughts on this here movie? I, I It's just such a, like, Norma Desmond is such a fucking character. Like, yeah. she has an iron will. Like, any anyone else... With that much pressure and like, uh, I, I, the world is constantly trying to reassert itself mm. in your reality, and you're just being like, "Fuck that! Yeah. No way! No chance!" I'm gonna hang up another portrait of myself. Yeah. That'll fix it. <laughs> it's it's so like she's so impressive in that extremely sad and scary way, mm. where you're like, if you had decided to go into politics or <laughs> do you know what I mean like if you had decided to do something that yeah. might affect other people you could have like either made remade the world in your image yeah. or destroyed it that's what she was trying to do yeah. yeah but I don't think she even realizes she's trying to do it which is even scarier to me and she mm. just has this like absolute iron will and and literally she would rather completely go insane 
then admit. admit. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, she she won't do it. Like it would kill her. Yeah. I'm pretty sure to to admit. I don't believe that all of her suicide attempts were cries for attention. No, I don't either. So to speak. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I think she genuinely, like, she would rather die than. I guess I should say they're not calculated. I don't feel like they're no, calculated. No, no, yeah. yeah. She's not trying to, like, oh, and this will get him to, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's just how she reacts to, like, a sliver of reality <laughs> forcing yeah. its way in. Starts poking its head in and just kind of like, nope, yeah. can't do it. Someone walked away from me. <laughs> No, I don't think so. That is impossible. Yeah. yeah. Just just such a, like, one of the most interesting characters in movies yeah. ever to exist. And it's a real person yeah. for all <laughs> intents and purposes. That's bananas. And when it's not a specific real person, it is another real person. Yeah, it's someone else who also really existed and was this way. Oh, uh. my God. Yeah, to just have this, like, that's so, that's so... Like the to have that ripped away from you when you were like on top of the world and there's been never been anything like that kind of celebrity, yeah. And to just have that taken away and no one gives a fuck about you anymore, like just and there's been no example of it previously. No, that, there's yeah. no transition into like a normal life. You just live in this mansion that falls apart now. Like you have no other option. Of course, you're gonna try and stick with this. Like everything in in your life is literally built to exalt you yeah that's reality for you you are gonna respond to it that way so i do think like she's she's you know yeah she's not sympathetic but you do you do understand Mm -hmm. you get it yeah nice nice yeah, it's a good fucking movie. It's a good fucking movie. <laughs> that's, that's turns, my out, <laughs> turns out the film community is right. This one's a good one. Quite good. Yeah. And I do also like the ways in which people kind of try and absorb and like blunt the shock and and yeah. try and move on with their own lives, but they're they're attached to this, you know. It feels so human in such a way that yeah. like a lot of I feel like the, this is the biggest thing you get the biggest criticism you get of past movies is just, like, no one acts like a person or yeah. talks like a person. <laughs> they were entertainment. It wasn't supposed to yeah. be humanist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Max's whole thing is he is living his life the only way he knows how Yeah. now, right? And you can't blame him for that either. Yeah. That's my takeaway. Nice. A rollicking good time. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, for me, like, you know, it's one of the best Mars. We all know this. This does, I can't, I, I was trying to, like, figure out a way to articulate how this movie approaches living in the past versus others. Sure. Because it feels much more organic and earned and logical and, again, human yeah. than than a lot of other things. Like, I, whenever there's, like, living in the past examples that come up, I always picture, like, you've got the, you know, football player that's just, like... Six years old now. Right. He's like, when I was twenty, I caught this one pass boy. He's you wouldn't his, believe it. He's in his like armchair. And he's like, you know, back in me. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like, that's what I picture and typically roll my eyes with. And just yeah, it's done so well. Yeah, something about how every time there's an opportunity for someone to snap out of it or be confronted with it, every character kind of doubles down on it. Yeah. Uh, and it just shows how how impossible it is to actually face up to it, which is. There's your noir bleakness built right in. It's yes. great. Yes, yeah. yeah. No one will help you. And the other thing of, like, it's not as simple as saying, okay, cut yourself off from your past or or Move anything on. like that. Just that you have to 
learn that that's done, which is just so goddamn tragic. Yeah, you're the same person. You're yeah. just not doing that anymore. And like the what you should take away is that happened. Wow. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I this time around, I really felt like it was. I got much more of a like Joe and Betty having the same problem as Gloria. They're just earlier on the path of it. Oh, yeah? They're, I feel like, it, obviously, Joe is going to his newspaper job because he wants to get away from Gloria. But I think there's the thing of, oh, I'm also trying to, like, do any scrappy thing I can to get back into Hollywood. And I have this example of sure. what it does to a person's mind, and I can't do that. And he's... Yeah. Like, Betty, okay. like you said, yeah. Betty is the healthiest of them, where yeah. she's, she's trying to put in the work... And yes. that's a be- and and be part of the system, and that's a like where she's at. But she's yeah. not, she's not going to these lengths yet. She's not chasing something that doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which would have been her career as an actress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's this like anything that deals with like hubris always feels so like yeah that's a good yeah. time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they can't get over that to get out of their past or out of their yeah yeah dream goal thing. That's forcing them to to lie to themselves. Yeah. yeah, it is funny. It's a you know Joe is the voiceover guy, but he's also almost watching this movie as it happens, where you can see him realize like yeah these these examples are laid out in front of him. Like this yeah. is what it does to you if you cannot be realistic with yourself. Yeah, and not to like give up your dream or whatever, but to, you can't if you can't adjust at all. To then, reality, you you have no choice, like no chance. Yeah, yeah. If you can't do what the moment demands of you, and being real with it, then like yeah, you're slowly step by step gonna get to this place. It like yeah. it feels like there's no, the stakes aren't like oh at any second it could snap and then ah it's <laughs> no. just this slow going around the the drain. Yes, there's going, so yeah. much history of doubling down and of reinforcing this this toxic shit in that house that just like it it's it's its own black hole. Like you'll never escape yeah. from it, that. The baby steps down the drain. Yes. Yeah. yeah. God. Good <laughs> movies are so cool, you guys. Good movies. <laughs> well, now it is time for us to uh use Sunset Boulevard to program a double bill complete with a marquee title if we happen to think of one. Uh not me this week. <laughs> Uh, fuck, yeah, me neither. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see what at least we're coming at this in the same way. We're not, we're not, we're overthinking it. That's what it's about. Yeah, yeah. we're coming in fresh. Do you so. think is really what you want in a podcast? <laughs> no no force thought no, at all. No preparation, yeah. stumbling through it. So, uh, take us away. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, so, I went with the literal representation of trying to force your reality onto other people and be like, no, the thing that my goal is the only important goal, I I will trample other people in order to get to it. Um, this, I'm, I'm deviating a little bit from the formula where this is not, it's not even relatively trashy compared to Sunset Boulevard. Oh. It's not, it's it's a good movie. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go, it's it's a Marvel movie, so I'm-, I'm Oh, there you go, that, yeah. that's enough. That, that, like, <laughs> it's not like it's trashy, trashy. it's just- enough, it's a franchise It's a popcorn thing. movie. Sure, yeah. yes. I'm gonna do, um, uh, into the Spider-Verse. I forget what the full title is. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-verse. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> From 2018. Ooh. I'm sure most of us have seen. Um, where the the main bad guy conflict is mm. that he's trying to... He fucked up um, 
his actions led to his wife and son dying. Yeah, and um, he can't he can't go back. Yeah, he, he can't won't, admit that it was his fault. Exactly. Yeah. He won't I think he knows but he's papered over that like mm. he he is not helpless by any means, but he can't actually face that something like he can't admit that it was he, he won't change the thing that actually, you know, he yeah. continues to be like a mob boss. <laughs> Kingpin? Is it that? Yeah, yeah. That's who it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Liev Schreiber having a great time. I love him. Tiny head, big body. Yeah. You love it. <laughs> the biggest body. Um, yeah, and so he's trying to literally like drag that other reality where his wife and son are still alive back mm. into the yeah. current reality. Um, <laughs> and Norma is doing that, but just not literally or with the help of any weird like <laughs> galaxy bending stuff yeah she hasn't figured out how to jump dimensions into the other one where she's a star yes exactly <laughs> but if she if she could she fucking would oh yeah she would. so she's doing everything else possible just not facing reality just being like nope this is what's going to happen and and uh, kingpin is kind of doing that too and it's you know <laughs> at the expense of like it it is wallpapering over people in the current yeah. reality. Whatever it takes yeah. kind of notion. Yeah. Yeah. And this, you know, Max being the, the Enabler. detritus of, yeah. well, yeah. And, oh. and he's, he suffers the most from it of like Norma has recreated the world in her own image <laughs> and he is, what am I trying to, what's the word? Like he's the victim of that. He's the casualty, casualty um, yes. of it where he's just a shell now. Like he's not the person he should have been. Because Norma has yeah. imposed this other universe on him. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's my extremely dumb pairing. <laughs> I <laughs> like that, It's just a literalization, that's all. <laughs> no, I like that a lot because that, at its core, I feel like that's what we're here at Garbage to do. <laughs> yeah, just make extremely dumb pairings. Extremely dumb pairings where we're taking the subtext and just being like, hey, what if it was the text? Isn't that neat? <laughs> yeah, fully. Yeah. So, thank you, Spider Yeah, um... That's literally the only the only thing I have about it. And no. it is it it also has that kind of cute meta level of like this is a comic book movie about comic books. It's oh, the, the, yeah. the like Hollywood movie about Hollywood. Comic yeah. book movie about comics. The framing, yeah. the framework is very on the surface. It's <laughs> framed as a comic book and this movie about movies is like I'm making a movie about this movie person. <laughs> I'm going to throw in also I do legitimately feel like Norma's all of Norma's stuff does feel when I say this, it's not that she... I don't feel like it's calculating, but it does give me the impression of everybody's caught in her spider web kind of thing. Totally. So like, she, she isn't a victim. She yeah. is the driving force behind this. It's just unfortunate that... She, she doesn't have a... She she hasn't set out to ruin Max's life. Yeah, the same way you she don't... just doesn't care that she's ruined his life. Yeah, like a, you can't play. A spider's got to eat. Norma's got to <laughs> consume the life force of her butler. Oh yeah, there you go. They don't have a spider web. Ah, then I'm definitely gonna call it caught in a web. Ah, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for solving my title problem. You have to do the same for me now, which is oh, gonna be God. a challenge. I'm so excited. All right, what's your? Experience? Well, I I'm really glad that you did the thing of like I'm taking a literal representation of X thing. <laughs> Because I'm taking the idea of being literally trapped in your past, okay, forced to live it, but it's because pride coaxed you into it, and pride is the thing that doesn't let you out. Okay. Uh, oh no. <laughs> are you ready for this? <laughs> okay. Do, do, do you? Do I you think have... I. But no, say it. Okay. Uh, well, the I couldn't be mentioning anything else. It has to be this movie by Roger Corman from 1957 called The Undead. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep, that's I that flickered across my brain initially. <laughs> okay, walk us through it. This is a movie that I assume most haven't watched unless you're into just watching incredibly schlocky and actively bad movies from sure. the 50s. Yeah, if you're a Roger Corman fan. Yeah, yeah, like the fact that this is from 57 and it looks in every way so oh. much worse than Sunset Boulevard. I hadn't thought Sunday. of that, yeah. <laughs> It is the definition of a B-movie. Yep. Uh, An insane hypnotist sends a sex worker back in time to the Middle Ages via past life hypnotic uh, regression. Uh, She finds herself in the body of a woman who is about to be executed for being declared a witch. But by going back in time, she has the foreknowledge to know that, like, oh, I should escape. Witches don't exist. She knows she's back in time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, the insane hypnotist travels to the past and meets the devil, where uh, he gets trapped there due to his hubris and dies. Right. Uh, the sex worker chooses to end her life in order to not destroy the timeline, basically. Right. Uh, yeah, she sacrifices herself to keep... Yeah. And she is rewarded by coming back to... She, she like, lives into the present day and... Oh, wait, she goes. That makes sense, because if yeah. the timeline is intact, she'd still be born. Exactly. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this this thing of, like, this is... You have the representation <laughs> of just, like, what it means to be in the past and not want to give that up. She is forced to make that the... the I can't remember her character's name. No. The woman in the past who's called a witch. She has to choose either live your life out now in this time and destroy the future, or... Uh, die die so that everybody else may live and she is forced to be like no I'm not gonna let this time dictate stuff I'm going to free myself of these shackles and boy is it a bad movie it's got (laughs) like you're making it sound a lot better than it is (laughs) oh yeah there are like bats on strings because witches turn into bats and cats and stuff yeah Uh, there's a grave digger who is interminable with his songs. He sings? He uh, bursts into songs? He's supposed to be insane, and the representation of it is he rhymes and his songs are bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As you do. The hypnotist, when he gets trapped in the past, uh, <laughs> when, when they come back to the present time, the they like turn to him to be like, what do you think, hypnotist? And he's just like a skeleton, like an oh, anatomy right. yeah. skeleton, yeah. like just bleached like white. been hung up in the corner as a <laughs> ske- skeleton model. It's so bad. Uh... Oh, no! <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, so... Good shit. That's what I'm pairing it with. And it is just... I'm purely going on, like, what if you really were trapped in the past? <laughs> uh, if I may offer a, a secondary option as oh, well, sure. I definitely thought maybe for a second you were going to say Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah. Because that yeah, yeah. feels like the same, like, I'm the best at my job and t- until everyone recognizes that I'm not leaving this loop or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could that could work. I like mine for just being how bad the movie no, is. No, yours is a better pairing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. So uh, I don't have a name for it. I oh, okay. trapped this in the is, past yeah, just to um, be lame. <laughs> yeah. Through the past's eyes. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything good for it either. Yeah, well. So sorry. Win some, lose some. Yep. Right. Chalk it up to that. I'm not going to live in this past moment and move on to the present Learning. and future. Learning. Yeah. <laughs> don't be a Norma Desmond. I have that poster. Do you oh, have that poster? <laughs> it's next to my, uh, the kitty hanging from the line. Hang in Hang there, kitty. Hang in there and it's the dead chimp. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. No, I think that was a limited <laughs> run on that one. Uh, 
Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, that'll take care of us for today. We're going to be like a chimp and die. <laughs> you can find us at Garbage Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Aaron, where can the people find you? Uh, they can find me. I'm not going to do any more chimp jokes. Um, on Twitter as well, if you want, at Maclebase, M-A-C-L-E-B-A-S-S. And you can find me at Dick R. Davis, D-I-C-K-R Navis. Uh, throw us some reviews on your podcast platform of choice. We'd love to, uh, catch that algorithm, ride the algorithm wave, catch, uh, new, new viewers to the show. And I hope you will join us next time for another pile of garbage. You know, I'm a Desmond. Used to be in silent pictures. Used to be big. I am big. It's the pictures that got small. <laughs>